go. You're listening to On Gospel Rumination Tuesday on this January the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're going to be taking a look at the hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. And here's how it sounds. And we're going to be taking a look at what it sounds like, the only son from heaven. And here's how the words sound. the only son from heaven and it was the author is elizabeth krusiger she lived 1500 to 1535 and she's the only female writer in martin luther's immediate circle luther knew that the existing corpus of hymns in german was small and often lacking in proper theology. So he encouraged theologians around him to write evangelical psalms and hymns. 
he wrote letters to some of his friends with specific directions about how to accomplish this task. And it makes sense that he also would have mentioned the project to gifted individuals in Wittenberg, including Kruseger, whose husband, Gasper, was professor of theology at the University of Wittenberg. So here we're going to be taking a look on this first hymn project for 2023, The Only Son from Heaven. Pastor Smith, are you familiar with this hymn? Uh, I think I've heard it uh, before I'm not I'm not real familiar with it. I it's it's not one of my favorites, but uh, I really appreciated the vocal uh, rendition that you uh, shared with us, and yeah, I appreciated the background of this Elizabeth Cruciger. Uh, I thought that was that was interesting. Uh, you know, in those days, uh, she was she's the only the only lady that wrote the hymn in, in Luther's immediate circle, huh? Yes, yes. Um, she was the only lady in Luther's immediate circle that he used. So, of course, we've got other women who have written a number of hymns that are found in the hymnal. And who's our favorite translator? Catherine Winkworth. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> She's yes. done a whole bunch of hymns. So, this is the hymn for Epiphany, the second Sunday of Epiphany. How do you like the season of Epiphany? Oh, I I enjoy each season as it comes along. I, uh, of course, it's, you know, it's always hard to beat Christmas. I just, I love Christmas. I love Advent. I love the music. But uh, Epiphany, especially the coming of the wise men and the uh, the unveiling of Jesus, with his miracles and uh, his baptism, uh, it's 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 all wonderful, of course. Yes. Now, Christmas. A lot of pastors will not sing Christmas songs until Christmas, and then there's only one Sunday after Christmas. We have a whole number of Christmas hymns, uh, and only two Sundays to sing them in. Do you? play Christmas hymns during the Advent season? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I enjoy the Advent music too, but I spread out Christmas. I, I uh, give the people uh, some of those Christmas songs and carols and hymns uh, already as we go through the Advent season. I mean, I, I don't neglect the Advent music, beautiful Advent, Advent hymns either, but I, I like to lengthen out that season. The people are hungry for it. And uh, I, I, what better time to share the good news than, uh, than during uh, Advent and Christmas both? Exactly. And so now that we're in Epiphany, and that, of course, reminds us of the wise men coming yes. to the baby Jesus. That's really what starts it. And then Epiphany reveals Jesus as our Savior. Right. That's really important. And this is the hymn assigned for the second Sunday of Epiphany. Now, we're doing something at one of the churches. We just began it, oh, a few months ago, and we do it about every fourth Sunday, is 
at the beginning of the service, we take 15 minutes before the service begins and people can call out a hymn they enjoy and the player plays the hymns and we sing the first two verses for 15 minutes. Have you ever thought of doing something like that? Oh, I think that's a wonderful idea. Yes, yes, uh, I've done that at different times. I, I can't remember when, but uh, I, I have tried that. Uh, at least, at least give the people one hymn. You don't want to be too hard on your organist. You know, you don't want to put them on the spot. But uh, uh, give them a choice. Uh, maybe, maybe throughout the summer. I think in in the summer uh, services, I think that's a good time to try something like that. Yeah, our uh, organist. She knows all the hymns, so she has no problem. You call out a hymn, and she starts playing it within a few seconds. So it's really good. All right, the only son from heaven. I think it's time we take a look at what Elizabeth Kruisiger had to write about it. If you will do the first stanza, please. The only son from heaven foretold by ancient seers by God the Father given, in human form appears. No sphere his light confining, no star so brightly shining as he, our morning star. Now, children may not understand the word foretold by ancient seers. Who is that referring to? It's talking about the prophets. And yes. you can explain. I think you can explain to those little those little kids. They they may not even know the the significance of prophets, but explain to them that the the prophets foretold. They told in uh, in a, ahead of time all about this Jesus. Some three hundred prophecies are fulfilled in his life, death, and resurrection. Three hundred, and. Uh, and it was all told in advance of his coming by these prophets, by these seers. At one of the congregations where I was an interim pastor, I began a Bible study. It took a year and a half to do it. But we went through the entire Bible, beginning with Genesis, with each of the prophecies. And that book is available if anybody would like to receive a copy. Just email us at law and gospel at law and gospel 101.com and we'll give you the details about how to receive that copy but you are absolutely correct many many prophecies and some of them are really specific like in psalm 22 it talks about him being pierced in hands and feet and what is that referring to that's uh, referring to his crucifixion. And that was said by David in Psalm 22 prior to the yeah. crucifixion even coming into existence. A thousand years. David lived a thousand years before Christ. Yeah, a yes. thousand years in advance. And notice that the only son from heaven foretold by ancient seers, but then immediately... By God the Father given, in human form appears. What do we call that 
action of human form. Uh, his, his, con wife. his conception. Incarnation. Incarnation, right, exactly. Taking on human flesh at his conception in his mother's womb, right. Exactly. The incarnation actually occurred not at his birth, but nine months before when Gabriel told Mary that she would conceive and bear a son. And that happened almost immediately after Gabriel left because she went to visit Elizabeth and John the Baptist leaped in the joy, leaped in the womb of Elizabeth for joy because Jesus was already in the womb of Mary. Yes. Tremendous, so, tremendous passage. Yes. No sphere of light confining. How does one understand that? Well, uh, his light, you know, he's, Christ is light. I mean, he's, he's the light and life of life. Uh, his light can't be, can't be dimmed. He came to enlighten this dark world of, of sin death and and hell and uh so no sphere no uh i guess no uh, not earth nor any of the any of the uh, the planets or stars can can uh, dim his light he's the light of the whole universe in fact because he created the universe exactly in fact the first words of the creation whereby Jesus in Genesis chapter one, let there be light. Exactly. And that was Jesus who was speaking those words. And that now, was before he created, that's before he created the sun, moon, and, and, the, and the other planets and stars. Exactly. In, in fact, the book of Revelation talks about we might not need the light of the sun because of the light of Jesus right. that will encompass all heaven. That's right. So there's a lot of metaphors in the Bible that God uses to try and help us understand the importance of Jesus. And at the end of this first stanza, he's referred to as the morning star. Now, what's the morning star? Morning Star is the uh, I, I I suppose it's I, I you know I think of another hymn how lovely shines the morning star and that's talking about Jesus too uh, a morning star is uh, you know we talk about oh I I don't know I'm, I'm not thinking clearly this morning but I would say Jesus is that first star that appears. He's the first star, or the last, the last star uh, to go out in the morning. Yes, uh, a lot of people think of it as one of the planets that uh -huh. you see that in the morning. And um, we do quite a bit of driving in Illinois, and a lot of times there's no clouds. And you can see in the sky various lights. And a lot of times they're not planes or helicopters, but they're planets, etc. And that's always good. Did you ever have a telescope when you were a kid? No, but I'll tell you what. You get out in the country, uh, far, far from the city lights, and, and yep. those 
stars just leap out at you like diamonds on black satin. It's just it's beautiful, beautiful to see the the starry sky uh, out in the country. In fact, a star became an important thing at the birth of Jesus. Remember that? Right, absolutely. Led the, it led the wise men from the east. Exactly. And it says the star stopped shining over where Jesus was. Right. All right. Stanza two, please. O time of God appointed, O bright and holy morn, he comes the king anointed, the Christ, the virgin born. Grim death to vanquish for us, to open heaven before us and bring us life again. So this is the appointed time that God decides. We have that Bible verse, when the fullness of time In the fullness come. of time. God sent yep. forth his son, made of woman, made under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law. Yeah, you're right. This is, this is uh, the second verse is a little, it's a little uh, afterglow of Christmas, if you will, or it's the arrival of the, of the wise men uh, at, to see the baby Jesus. It's, it's, still, it's still giving you the, uh, the message of Christmas. How do the wise men regard him as king? Well, they bow before, they bow before him, and they, uh, they give him uh, gifts of gold, which yes. is designated as the kingly gift, gold yep. and frankincense and myrrh. And uh, myrrh is, was used in uh, embalming. embalming purposes, kind of, a, kind of a, you know, it's, a, it's a, an indication that, that Jesus, of course, his death and his resurrection. Yes, um, we had a double sign on our church that I was at for 28 years. And often at Christmas, I would put up, he was born in order to die. Yes, I know. You know, I saw a, one of the most memorable Christmas cards we used one year was, uh, it, it, it showed the little handprints and footprints of a little baby, but they were spotted with blood. And somebody said that made the biggest impact on us, that Christmas card, because it reminded, reminded us that that little infant came to die on the cross for us. And sometimes you also see uh, in pictures of the nativity, you'll see in the background where the beams of the stable come together as a cross. And it reminds us that yes. the cross is always in the background, even of the manger. And when did Jesus shed his blood? Well, in, in fact, it is circumcision, first of all. Very good. And yeah. see, that reminds you of that Christmas card. Right. That, yes, he shed his blood following the law in order that we might be freed from the curse of the law. Yeah. So he comes to king anointed. And then the very next word is the Christ, which just so happens to be the definition of anointed. What, what's the right. other word? What's the Hebrew word for Christ? Uh, Messiah. 
Exactly. Notice that what she does here, and Luther does this, when he talks about evangelical hymns, it means that in each phrase, you have a Bible passage that you can turn to to help you understand what's being stated. That makes it a truly biblical hymn. So, grim death to vanquish for us. When was grim death vanquished for you? For me personally? Yes. Well, at my well, Christ died on the cross. He atoned for he atoned for the sins of the whole world. He redeemed all of mankind on the cross. But uh he applies that precious salvation to me personally in my baptism. That is excellent. Yes. Read Romans 6, because it makes it very clear that through baptism, we are not only crucified with Christ, we're also buried with Christ, we die, and thus we are raised from the dead. And I I talked about this in last week's sermon. I went to Ephesians, where it also says that in Christ, because we're part of his body, we are also ascended to the right hand of God through Christ. That's right, in Christ. So we have died already. Are there any Bible verses that indicate that the Christian will never die? Well, uh, yeah, I think of uh, John 11, where Jesus says, uh, I am the resurrection of the life. Even uh, I am the resurrection of the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. That's he says said that to, to Martha. Says that to, right, to Martha at the, uh, near the graveside of her brother. Uh, just as he's about to raise him from the dead. You see, we as pastors need to explain the English that the word death for God doesn't only mean that our bodies go in the grave, but it also means we are separated from God as were Adam and Eve when they sinned in the garden. They went and hid from him. Right. And Jesus brings, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Exactly. Well said. All right, I'll read stanza three. O Lord, our hearts awaken to serve and love you more, in faith to stand unshaken, in spirit to adore, that we, through this world moving, each glimpse of heaven proving, may reap to fullness there. So this is really now talking not about justification, which verse 2 did. This is talking about sanctification, where our hearts are awakened. We now know God, and we love him more. And those loves are because of the gift of the Holy Spirit that we have been given, and we go back again to our baptism. Yes, and also, Tom, 
uh, don't you think, too, where it says that we, through this world moving, each glimpse of heaven proving. Would you say that's a, a, a reference to the Lord's Supper, a glimpse of heaven, a foretaste of the feast that is to come? Because who are we feasting with, according to the liturgy? Well, we're feasting with uh, all the, the heavenly host, the, the, all the company of heaven, arch, arch, angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. And, of course, uh, yes. And, and, yeah, uh, I, 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 I tell people that those who have died who are believers, that they also are part of that communion celebration. That's and right. That's how we are reunited with them. Yeah, I was sharing that. I was sharing that good news with uh, someone through a Christmas card just this past Christmas who who lost their uh, their son. Their son uh, passed away, and I said, you know, if you you really want to be close yes. to your beloved that's gone ahead of us, uh, there's no closer place than at the rail, at the altar rail, uh, partaking of the Lord's body and blood. That if you really want to be close to your beloved that's passed away, that's the place to be. All right. Stanza four, please. Oh, Father, here before you with God, the Holy Ghost and Jesus, we adore you. Oh, pride of angel host before you mortals lowly cry before you mortals lowly cry, holy, 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 O blessed Trinity. Why three holies? Well, it's the Trinity. Yes. Thrice holy, and, right. What is the Trinity? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's even mentioned here. In fact, what's ahead of this verse before we sing it? Let's see, what's ahead before the Oh, I see. Uh, the triangle indicates that's a, a doxological verse uh, denoting the Trinity. Yes. Now, in two of my congregations I'm helping with, they have the old hymnal. But what I find interesting is there are no triangles in that hymnal. Yeah. But a lot of times they stand when the three persons of the Trinity are mentioned. That's right. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Smith for helping us with the only son from heaven, epiphany number two, and we're looking forward to other epiphany hymns as we move through this season. I'm Tom Baker, that was Pastor Mark Smith. Until tomorrow, long gospel, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.